Chapter 3 Hatsy's Scheme What with one thing and another, Pete and Hatsy didn't leave the ranch until mid-afternoon, but at last the old man called, Get out! to the Appaloosas, and Pete felt a sense of real excitement as they headed off cross-country towards the sand dunes. There ahead lay the great eastern wall of the San Luis Valley, the Sangre Cristo mountain range that rose up points more than 14,000 feet above sea level. Crestone Needles to the left and Mount Blanca to the right were topped with snow. Below them at the edge of the valley lay the eight square miles of creamy white sand dunes that Pete was so eager to explore. As the sun began to drop behind the mountains to the west, a great change came over the Sangre de Cristos and the sand dunes. The tops of the peaks and the dunes, too, turned bright in the bright red in the sunset. Look, Pete said in amazement. A minute ago they were white. What color are they, anyway? You can't rightly say what color something is that changes all the time, Hatsy answered. Sometimes they look brown. Later in the evening they'll look purple. The dunes change shape, too. They're never the same any two days of running. I bet they're worth exploring, Pete said. A person's life is worth more, Hatsy said quite seriously. People have gone into those dunes and never come back. You can poke around the edges all right, but you never want to go in very far. Is that where we're going to get me a horse? Pete asked. Why, it's almost on our ranch. I guess Lem told you the old legends that maybe come from the Indians, Hatsy said. They say that every bright moonlight night... And sometimes just before sundown, you can see giant web-foot horses running on them dunes. Of course, maybe the wind blowing and the sand only made it look like the tails of the manes of horses running. But the fact is, there are wild horses around the edges of the dunes. Only they're small instead of being giants, and you might say they were kind of web-footed. They got extra big hoofs. And when it comes to running in sand, they can beat any horse alive. You mean you've really seen them? Pete exclaimed. Sure. I've watched them many a time, but I could never catch up with them. They always head out into the dunes when you chase them. An ordinary horse sinks down in that sand. Cowboys say the sand dune mustangs are too small to bother trying to break for ranch work. And their big feet look funny. A real cowpoke wouldn't be seen dead on a horse like that. But I've got a hunch that one of these ponies is worth a corral full of most others when it comes to work in mountain country. They're plenty big enough for cutting horses, too. And maybe even for calf roping. But can you just go out and take one of them without asking anybody? Sure. Nobody owns them. The government sure don't care about them. And so far as ranchers are concerned, they're only a nuisance. Pete felt a little disappointed. If a cowboy wouldn't be seen dead on these horses, he wasn't sure he wanted to be seen on one either. He lapsed into silence as he sat beside Hatsy on the hardboard wagon seat. Hatsy urged his horses on faster now. He turned them soon onto rising land at the north end of the dunes. The going was more difficult here, and the ground was rougher. Hatsy had to drive with care as he edged the wagon around crumbling boulders and clumps of aspen that dotted the lowest slopes of Crestone Needles. Then, he turned sharply to the right and downhill. Suddenly, they were between the sand dunes and the grassy mouth of a canyon along the sides of which light was retreating towards the tops of the peaks. 
Before long, the brief mountain twilight would be falling. Hattie, Pete almost shouted as he pointed down toward the canyon. Horses! Well, I'll be, Hattie exclaimed with genuine surprise. He slowed the wagon to a stop. I never thought we'd see him so soon. They don't look wild, Pete said. They're not running away. They don't know we're here, Hattie replied. They haven't caught sight of us yet. And they couldn't hear the wagon coming. Listen to the way the dunes are moaning and groaning under the wind. That noise sounds real big down wherever they are. Besides, the wind's blowing towards us, so they can't smell us. Just the same. You'd better look them over and see if there's a pony among them that you'd like. They'll see us any minute now. The band, probably about thirty in all, were Mustangs, buckskin colored, with darker manes and tails and a dark stripe along the spine. A stallion, who was their leader, kept a watchful eye on the mares and their colts. One younger stallion grazed a little to one side by himself. Hatsy pointed to the young stallion and said, In another year that fellow will be full grown. If we can catch him, you're all set. The misgiving Pete had felt earlier disappeared. Certainly no cowboy would be ashamed to ride that horse. He was well shaped and he moved with such ease that Pete didn't even think to look to see if he had big feet. I thought you said they were small, Pete said. They look plenty large enough to me. They are plenty large enough, Hatsy answered. But they stand less than fourteen hands high, and not one of them weighs seven hundred pounds except maybe that old stallion. They're little smaller than my Appaloosies, but there's no use to a big horse, unless you need a big horse. Pete hadn't taken his eyes off the young stallion. Do you honestly think we can catch him? He said, I couldn't ask for better. We'll know when we've caught him, Hatsy answered. Now we got to pitch camp in a hurry. He clucked at the team and started them down the short slope that separated them from the Mustangs. Instantly, the old stallion below trumpeted an alarm, and in a few seconds the whole herd had fled up into the dunes and disappeared behind the first high ridge. Pete stood up in the front seat for one last look at the young stallion. He was determined to see the horse again. He wanted it more than he'd ever wanted anything before. Get your mind on sitting up camp, Hatsy said. We better move fast. When Hatsy unhitched and tethered the horses, Pete got a fire going. By the time it was dark, Hatsy had prepared a hot meal of canned beans, canned tomatoes, bacon, and coffee, and Pete had cut the apple pie that Aunt Clara had put under the wagon seat just before they left. All this time, the two of them had talked very little. Pete was pleased that he had been able to do things with few instructions from Hatsy. Now, with supper over and the bedrolls made up under the wagon, Hatsy squatted down cross-legged by the fire and Pete stretched out on his stomach, enjoying life. Want to know why I tied the horses instead of putting the hobbles on? Hatsy asked. This is why. I know. I don't know if you noticed as we came down the slope, but the creek that runs out of the canyon disappears just below here. Pete had been too much interested in the wild mustangs to notice anything. It's called Lost Creek, Hatsy went on. It just sinks into the sand at the edge of the dunes, and right there is a mess of quicksand. One time there was a party camped here that didn't know about it. They hobbled their horses, and when the fellows woke up in the morning, the animals and their wagon had plumb sunk out of sight. So I tether my Appaloosies high and dry. You watch out, too. 
The Mustangs are wise to the quicksand, of course. They always come to water where the ground is solid. Sleeping under the wagon cut off a lot of the stars overhead, but Pete guessed he couldn't have been happier, even if he could have seen them. As he took his cowboy boots off to put under his head for a pillow, Hatsy tossed him something. These moccasins are better be a lot easier on your feet than your boots while you're walking, he said. You'll be afoot a good bit till your pony's ready to ride. Pete examined the moccasins. They had heavy rawhide soles the way desert Indians made them, but the uppers were soft. How are we going to catch that horse, Hatsy? Pete asked. I'm not very good at roping yet. Not going to use a rope, Hatsy answered. We'll use the string instead. Now go to sleep. Pete tried to obey the instructions, but it was a long time before he quit wondering what Hatsy's plan was. How could anyone catch a horse with string?